0: Of your story, you are for me. I need you now, like a sheep that has lost its way. Soul has gone straight. So here I am, Lord. So here I am. Let my cry come into your presence, oh Lord, let thy word shine bright as the sky. I put my hope in the beauty of your promise, oh God, I give you praise and you give me your light. Your words are my delight Forever I seek in you And be found by you My heart is fixed now Let your praise cascade from my lips The truth of God's steps Here I am, Lord Here I am, Lord So let my cry come into your presence Oh, Lord, let thy word shine bright as the sky I put my hope in the beauty of your promise Oh, God give you praise, and you give me one high Because I need you, Jesus, to rescue me, Savior. I give my life to you. Because I need you, Jesus, to rescue me, Savior. I give my life to you. So let my cry come into your presence Oh Lord, let thy word shine bright as the sky I put my hope in the beauty of your promise Oh God, I give you praise And you give me your life, Give me thy high. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we are so grateful just for the opportunity that we have just to hear from you, from your word today. So Lord, I just pray today that we would just look
1: this morning through the lens of the gospel and how we can hear and how we can be, how we can do. God your hands and feet, to the orphans, to those in need this morning, come and rescue us so that we in
0: turn can go and rescue others. Love you and we honor you. We pray all these things
1: in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Wow, so good to be with you guys this morning. Before I come and share just some stories about what God is doing through New Rhythm, I wanted to invite just my better half up so it could start off well this morning. So I'm going to invite Shelly to come up, and she's going to share a little bit just about New Rhythm, just greet you guys, and uh, talk to you about some cool stuff. So can you give a warm welcome for Shelly?
2: Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Good all right, so you've seen the logo, you've heard the song, and you're thinking to yourself, what is New Rhythm Project besides this, this thing, right? So New Rhythm Project, we are a nonprofit, and we basically advocate for um, orphans and vulnerable children. That's a way to put it really, really short. Um, and so what we do is we come into churches, organizations, places, and we share about how the gospel is so closely tied. In fact, I would say that the gospel is adoption. Um, And how we need to help these vulnerable children, that we need to help these orphans, these children that don't have families, that don't have moms and dads, and how can we come in as the church and provide that for them. Um, And so that's what New Rhythm Project is. We do uh, three main big things. One is a gala, which is similar to this. We would come um, on a Sunday morning or come to a place and be able to give a presentation about what the gospel is um, tied to orphan care. Uh, The second thing we do is consults. So if you're sitting here today and you're thinking to yourself, I've been thinking about adoption, I've been thinking about orphan care, I've been thinking about kids, and now this lady is standing up in front of me telling me that's what I should do, I need to do something. Um, then you would want to touch base with us, and we would sit down and have an individual consult with you. So we'd talk to you about how you can actually care for orphans. Does that mean that you become a foster parent? Does that mean that you become adoptive parents? Does that mean that you become a mentor? Does that mean you give towards a family that wants to adopt? Um, All those different options that you can do to help orphans. We would sit down with you and help you come up with a personal plan for that. Um, And then the last thing we do is our up-and-coming merchandise line which will be um, everything that we sell will go to help orphans um, and orphan care projects. Um, so the big thing that, of how New Rhythm Project got started was Jason and I were, uh, we were praying and we were searching the gospel and we were searching the Bible and we just, we just felt like, you know, God, there's more to church and there's more to what we're supposed to be doing than coming and sitting and singing and coming and sitting and standing and singing. There's more to our life with God than that. Isn't there? And that's coming from a preacher and a worship leader. I mean we're pretty excited that you come and you sit and you stand and you and you sing, right? We're excited that you guys come here. That's what we do. Um and there must be something more to it than that, right? There must be something more. And so we were searching the scriptures and one of the scriptures that we came across is James one twenty seven. And James 1.27 basically says that the perfect religion is to care for the widows and the orphans. And I can't tell you, um, I'm a preacher's kid, so I can't tell you how many times I have read that scripture over and over and over again. And for some reason, a couple years ago when we started reading that scripture, it just started, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but you're just reading the Bible and all the words look the same, and then these particular words just kind of like jump out of the page, and you're like... Oh my gosh. It's like I've never seen that before. It's like I've never read it before. And and that's what we did. We read it and we were like the perfect religion? Really? God's using the word perfect? That, we need to we need to pay attention to that, right? God's saying the word perfect. Some religion says the um, pure and spotless religion. Some of the some versions say as uh, uh, what the, what the Lord sees as perfect. Um, is to care for the widows and the orphans. And so I thought to myself, when I think of orphans, we thought, do we think of the church? When I think of orphans, is it automatically in my mind, more importantly, is it automatically in my coworker's mind that doesn't even go to church, when she thinks of orphans, does she think of the church? And our answer was no. Our answer was no. When when our friends and when who we hang out with and ourselves, when we think of orphans, we don't think of the church. Now, I think of organizations like World Vision that's maybe Christian-based. I think of organizations that are, are doing good, but I don't think of the church. And so we thought, you know, that's a problem, and we want to change that. And so basically our, our goal for the rest of our lives <laughs> is to be able to have people think about orphans, think about vulnerable children, and to know that the church is responding and that the church is what you think of when you think of orphans. And so uh, we've been able to just kind of get this started. Actually, this year has been our first year that we've actually been going out and talking and um, trying to you know, get people to really pay attention to what this perfect religion is um, and to, to what God tells us to do to care for the widows and the orphans. And so I'm going to invite my wonderful husband. You like, we like to compliment each other. It's kind of like a competition. Um, so I get to be married to this guy, and um, I'm going to invite him forward, and he's going to be able to tell you some of the stories, which is the best part and totally why the chick doesn't do it, because I would cry of um, some of the ways that we've been able to influence families and families have been able to come in um, and come alongside um, some orphans and vulnerable children.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Thanks, Shelly. Appreciate that. So isn't it interesting that I just, I found myself so challenged um, just that there, there's, there's words in here and, we believe, true, you know, that God sent His Word for us. You know, God's Word is, it, it says that it, you know, it's sharper than any double-edged sword, and that it's His truth completely for our lives, and and that we read it throughout our entire lives. It's kind of like God's love letter to us, and so through His Word, we we understand the 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 wonderful boundaries that God's that God has established in our lives uh, to live a fruitful and abundant life, and so. What's challenging sometimes, I think, though, is that there are some words and some, some, some verses in here that I'm sure you and I, you've, we've read so many times, right? Like 120, James 127, you know, like I've read that so many times and until maybe probably five years ago, maybe three years ago. That, I mean, it was never on my radar to think that as Christ followers, right, if, if, if we enter in relationship with Christ, as Christ followers, that then we should be doers of his word. And if it says to be doers, because it's interesting in James 1.27, what you saw on the screen, okay, so you have twenty seven verses there, you know, chapter one and then the twenty seventh. So right before, like in twenty four or just like further up, it, it talks about how, hey, don't deceive yourselves talking to the church. Like don't don't just deceive yourselves and just read this word. Okay? Don't deceive yourselves and just come in every Sunday and listen to Pastor Alex preach a sermon. And then after you leave, don't even look at the word or even think about it until next Sunday. Like, don't deceive yourselves and just do that, but rather do what it says. Do what it says. And so it's like the author is setting us up. You know what I mean? Like, this what you have in your hand. It's not just to read. It's not just a cool nonfictional book um, or even a fictional book that you would just read and then set it up on the shelf, you know, just once a week or anything like that. But this is something that we actually read and kind of take in. And then apply it to our lives to be doers of the word. And so he's just teaching us, you know, hey, read these scriptures and put them to practice. And then it's interesting that right after he says that to us, he talks about, okay, so now, if you're interested in religion, if you're interested kind of in, in Christianity and church, if you're interested in what that looks like, right, right? So if we came this morning and we put up on the banners outside or whatever, hey, all of you who are searching for purpose and meaning, if you want to know the answer of the church, you know what I mean? Everybody would be like, sure, yeah, come. I mean, there would be hundreds of people all out the door. What's the reason for this church? What's the reason for life? What's the reason for religion? And he says, the perfect religion, right? So, I mean, I would be interested in that if God said something is perfect. Like, I just want to figure that out. Like, okay, so what is perfect? You know, I I want to do what God thinks is perfect so that I can live the life that he's created me to live. And it says, the one that is perfect is one that cares for the orphans and the widows. And I have to say that, gosh, a couple years ago, honestly, I have to make a confession. Like, that it wasn't, it wasn't on my radar. I mean, I was in church. I was a pastor in a church. I was leading worship. I was, you know, leading the charge, you know, of people. And I wasn't thinking about orphans. I, you know, I, was, I, I wasn't thinking about that. And so it began to challenge my life before we ever thought about starting an organization. We thought, it has to start with us. Wow. Like it just, it puts a new light on what the scripture is saying to us. And then as you begin to start reading and sharing, and I just encourage you to do that after today, take some time to do some Bible study and look up just orphans and the fatherless and see how many times it's in the Bible. It's all throughout the the New Testament. It's all throughout the Old Testament where God is talking about defend the cause of the fatherless. To take up the plight of the widow and the orphan. It's all throughout scriptures. And so what that tells us this morning is that as Christ's followers, orphan care and caring for those in need should be a part of our DNA. It's not something that that, that we come to like maybe when we're a couple and we want to start a family and, and, and we're at that place and we're thinking, hey, should, you know, do we want to have children of our own? Or if we can't have children of our own, then should we adopt? And that's how we care for orphans? Like, that's not the only way. Caring for orphans should be something. This morning, Shelly just went to talk to the Generation Kids to talk to them about how they could care for orphans. And one of the things that they're going to do is, is buy some chickens so that the kids can provide food, alleviating poverty, providing, hunger, providing food to, to alleviate hunger. That's caring for orphans as, as well. So even, here we go, it's molding to my life now. Um, so there's things, no matter what stage or journey of life that we're in, there are things that we can do and begin to be thinking about of how we can care for orphans. And so that's why we wanted to start an organization to say, hey, how can we begin to get people to think in a new rhythm? What are some different ways that we can begin to think about the gospel and that it's way more, and, and I just, it's, it's interesting, as I was thinking about it and allowing the Lord to move in my heart and just thinking, in my, as I was evaluating my life, you know, I have my job, it's even in the ministry, we have our things, you know, we have our comforts and what we're used to, and I'm just going about my everyday life. And I'm thinking, you know, when I get to that stage of life, you know, we'll have kids, you know, get the house, get the dog, you know, maybe that .5 kid, because I guess the statistics are like 2.5 kids in a white ticket fence house. So, but we're thinking about in that process that, but there's so much more to our lives and our purpose here for being on this earth than just just than just hanging out with those things and just accepting those things in our hearts and so it begins to challenge my heart and just going deep inside like god what are some of the things that we can do to help just champion the cause of orphan care to help talk about different things like that and so one of the things i realized is it's very hard to it's very hard to get interested or get excited maybe about something if if you're if you're if you're distanced from it does that make sense for instance like for me, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily like go hang out at a Harley Davidson like club, you know, or bar or whatever. Because I don't. I don't ride motorcycles. You know, I don't. I don't know about motorcycles, um, and so I wouldn't feel comfortable. I mean, just like you. Like, I see you guys like the Redskins here, right? <laughs> oh, no, he did just not. Um, interesting though. You know what I mean? You wouldn't feel comfortable going to like ravens fans or whatever wouldn't feel comfortable just going sit at the eagles say hey let's talk about let's talk shot. you know because they have a reputation as well but it's interesting because we don't feel comfortable uh, maybe associating ourselves or getting involved with something because we feel like we're so distanced from it it's as easy as seeing something on the news you watch the wars and unless there's an emotional connection or unless you have a relative that's overseas or i mean that's just as easy as changing the channel it's not on your radar You see it for as long as you want to see it. And then as soon as you see the channel, you're just moving right on. And so I just want to share something with you guys this morning in Ephesians. Uh, It's in the first chapter and it reads like this. Uh, Praise be to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, which is amazing, right? So he's given us everything that we need in Christ for he chose us in him before the creation of the world. So that means before, remember all the way book, all the way back in the beginning of the book, he created the heavens and the earth, and God said, God said that it was good, and God said that it was really good, and so He created all of this, and before any of that happened, which is absolutely mind-boggling, amazing if you think about it. Okay, God was just sitting back and He was thinking, man, I just, I, lo- I just want to create the coolest. If you can just think of Disney World times infinity, you know, He just thinking, I want to create the coolest thing for these people that I'm going to create so that they can dwell in it and have such an amazing time just enjoying. And think about that, all the things that like we enjoy, like Starbucks and Chipotle and whatever else you like enjoy, even things, guitars, all that kind of stuff. Like God created that kind of stuff and gave us senses and synapses that would connect so that we could enjoy stuff like tasting food. Like think about that, all the thi- all the blessings of the earth. Think, those are blessings. Like when's the last time you thank God for just breathing and for whatever the thousands heartbeats a day that you don't have to think about or you don't have to pump yourself it just does it itself and you don't even think about it when's the last time we thank god for those kinds of blessings so it's amazing to think that before the creation of the world which is huge humongous i mean i i I mean i think just as just as myself and you there's parts of this earth that i've never seen before never been able to witness before and how beautiful everything is before even that this is telling us that you and i we were on God's mind, that he thought about us before even the creation of the world. And that's amazing because all of us individually, that's what that means. So God thought of you. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know you that well yet. I, I see you. I can see what you look like. I see how God created you. But God knows the inmost thoughts of your being. And so this is saying that before the creation of the world, he was thinking about you. To be holy and blameless in his sight. To live according to his word, in other words. Now listen to this. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So what does that mean this morning? That all of us together were orphans at one time. God predestined us to be adopted into his kingdom. And so you and I, remember the the creation came, right? And then the fall of man. So so immediately when we came into this world because of the fall of man we are all with sin, and our only hope, and our only our only hope to get away from that sin and to get our debt paid through that Jesus I mean God sent Jesus His Son, right? And so now we have as as we're in relationship with Jesus Christ He paid that debt for us. Without Him, can you remember? Can you think? I mean, if if you're in relationship with Jesus this morning, can you think of just maybe the life and and just kind of the way that you thought, and the way that you lived before Christ. For me, I didn't grow up in church, and I was just so, searching so hard for love and acceptance. I can think back and and think of the times where I felt like there was no reason for me to be on this earth, where I felt like I had no hope, I didn't have a close relationship with my dad, and so I just felt like, what's the point of even living? You know, I was just part of the MTV kind of mentality, you know, like, if it felt good, do it. If you get attention, just do more of it. And I mean, I ended up dropping out of school. I mean, so many bad decisions when I was BC before Christ in my life. And so at one time, I was an orphan, if you can relate to that. At one time, you were an orphan, and you were without a father in heaven who loved you and who knew everything about you. And so God's word tells us that at one time, all of us were orphans, and he predestined us to be adopted. And so he sent his son. What that means is he sent his son so that one day when we acknowledge Christ as our Savior, we could come into his kingdom. And so if you can imagine just God just standing here so excited that you are here and underneath his shoulders in his kingdom. And what's even more beautiful, all of these blessings, like immediately when we enter in relationship with Christ, we get everything that we don't deserve. You guys remember that scripture in Romans that talks about when we were still sinners, Christ died for us? That just blows my mind. That's one of the scriptures that brought me into a relationship with Christ, into thinking like I have a huge rap sheet. All of us, we have a huge rap sheet. Like think of orphans and think of vulnerable children, even right here in your community. Like there are a lot of kids all around that are in foster care right now and who need foster parents. And there are a lot of older kids who need to be adopted. That's one of the biggest needs domestically here is that a lot of older kids need to be adopted. And it's, it's, it's not an easy road, but I don't know that the road to the cross was simple either. And so think about that. Like these, these kids that we read about or we hear about, we know that are in foster care and they need to be adopted, they have, all, they have these, this rap sheet. They have these issues of, of abuse and of neglect and, 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 and maybe some behavioral issues that come along with that. And so immediately, in, in our own, just our own carnal minds, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but we're just like, whoa, you know, like, I don't even, even want to go there. Let's change the channel and let's move on because that makes me uncomfortable. But think about you and I. Think of the rap sheet that we bring with us, even now. Even who we are right now. We're under, we're under Christ, but none of us are perfect. It says in the Bible that no one is righteous, no, not one. And so think of the rap sheet that we bring with us. To God. Remember, he knows everything that we're doing. The rap sheet that we bring into God and when we were still sinners had nothing to do with God. When we changed the channel on the war, or changed the channel when it was talking about feeding the kids or when, you know, when we left the church when we didn't want to think about God, when we said his name in vain and cared not of him. Yet he still died for us and he paid the penalty of death. It's amazing. And so when we come into relationship with God and we're adopted as his sons, his intention wasn't just to leave us there, right? No. Like, it's just not, okay, then just every Sunday morning you make sure you find a church and you go to church and you come in and you'll sit and you'll sing and you'll stand and you'll sit and you'll sing and you'll stand. I mean, does that sound like the Bible to you? Not at all. I mean, not at all. There's way more to it than that. And so what God wants us to do now is begin to go out and do likewise. Show people Christ. If you see people that are hungry, feed them. If people are in jail and and they're reaching out, go and visit them. If you see the orphan, take up their plights, provide for them, give them a place to stay. If you have an extra room in your house, give them a place to stay. Do foster care, do adoption, uh, send money, adopt a a kid through World Vision or provide. In some kind of way, may it be part of your DNA. And so what's amazing this morning is, I don't, I don't know if everyone knows about it, but you guys are already a part of the DNA of New Rhythm, which is amazing, and we're so excited about. So everywhere that, that we go, you guys go as well. And so with your investment that you have, have, have been giving and just your prayers as you're offering to us, every time that we help an orphan or care for an orphan, you guys, just you, just every day sitting here thinking about us, praying for us, investing in us. You guys are helping orphans as well. And so I want to share some stories with you about some of those things that are happening. So we're going to bring up some pictures just to give you kind of kind of a, a picture, a word picture in your mind. Um, so right here is Sarah, right? This is Sarah, her husband, Mike Kruger. There might be some more pictures through there uh, of Mike. Yeah, right here. So we'll leave it right here. So this is Mike and this is Sarah Kruger. They, uh, they go to a church in D.C., um, and they uh, were in the process of just, just finding out what God's story was for their life um, and, and what they were going to do to start a family. Um, and they, they, they recently found out that um, they weren't able to have children of their own. And so they met with us immediately, and at first um, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily um, a spiritual thing, if that makes sense to you. They just met with us and they weren't sure which direction they wanted to go to start a family. And then when they met with us, we, we started to research together some of the things that I just shared with you. And we started to talk about the different things about, about God uh, adopting us and how, how we're supposed to care for the orphan and the vulnerable children. And so God just started to work on their hearts. And they never thought once, even in their lives, that they would ever have a child that would, ever, that would never look like them. They never thought they, they would feel comfortable with that or they would even go there. And so Mike and Sarah, just, as, as God was just moving in their hearts and they were learning about how this is part of our DNA and how the story that God was writing for their life, they, 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 they decided to do an, a domestic adoption. And so they went in and we connected them with, they did a consultation with us, and so we connected them with Adoptions Together, which is out in Silver Spring, Maryland, and uh, so they went through the process. They did their home study where a social worker comes out and, and uh, checks out their home and checks out their background and their finances, make sure everything's good um, so that know that they can care for the child, which is a good protocol. And, uh, and through the whole process, Mike and Sarah were just being sensitive to, to the Lord and what he wanted to do. And, and, uh, and so then just two weeks ago, they went and they picked up Teddy. And um, this is Theodore, uh, Theodore William Kruger. And so I call him T-Dub because it's T-W-T-Dub. It's pretty cool. So anyway, so we were, this is the day they ju- that was when they saw him for the first time. And so one of the things that we like to do too with New Rhythm is we, we want to go with them and when they see their child for the first time so we can sh- take videos and take pictures so that we can give it to the families to celebrate what the adoption has done, but also so that we can share it with you guys and with different churches as well to share about. So this was the first time that they saw Teddy And uh, it was an amazing story, and actually they ended up staying with us in our home uh, for about a week because they live in D.C. They live right near the Verizon Center. And Teddy is from, he was a baby from Baltimore City. And until the paperwork got stamped by the court, they couldn't take Teddy. That's stuff you don't need to know, but they couldn't take him into D.C. or whatever. So what the cool part was is that they got to stay with us for a week, and I just remember Mike, um, he was holding Teddy in our kitchen, and, uh, and he was holding them close or whatever and looking, and they were just, I mean, tears were just in their eyes, and Micah just said, you know, I had never once, he probably said maybe a year ago, I never ever thought, it was never in my mind that I would have a child that didn't even look like me, you know, that never had anything. And he said, you know what's so humorous is that Teddy looks nothing like me. Like his eyes aren't the same, his hair's not the same, his color's not the same. And we were just talking in the kitchen, and we were just like, isn't that such a beautiful picture of the gospel, though, Mike? Like, for the rest of your life now, your family will give a reflection of the gospel. Because when when you didn't even know Teddy, when you didn't even know that he was born, he was born inside of you. And then you guys prepared your home to give him blessing. People gave them them toys, all kinds. They prepared their house for Teddy. And so when Teddy just, they didn't didn't even, Teddy didn't even know them. They prepared all of this for them, and he's come into their lives now. And everything that the Krugers own, everything that the Krugers has, is Teddy's and forever will be for the rest of his life. It's such a beautiful picture of adoption and a beautiful picture of the gospel. So let's go on to another story. I think we have the blacks. This is um, Will and Kelly Black. Uh, Go back to the one real quick. Uh, This is Will and Kelly Black. This is a, Beautiful picture that just doesn't even need words or anything to describe it. So Will and Kelly are from Salisbury, Maryland, about on the Eastern Shore, and we connected with them. and They have two children of their own, and they had just through praying and fasting, they had felt like they wanted um, to adopt, and they weren't sure what to do. And so we just said, "Hey, well, let's just pray about it and see which direction we want to go. If you want to do domestic or or international." And then one day, her husband. Um, or rather her husband wasn't sure about the whole adopting process because they already had two kids. And so we were just like, they took a year kind of to pray and fast over it. And then one day when they were coming back from a prayer meeting, probably a year later, the Haiti earthquake kind of had just happened. um, And her husband had come home and he just said, Kelly, uh, I just feel like the Lord wants us to adopt from Haiti. And she just said, oh my gosh, let's do it. So they, were, they, they went into their papers, and they were doing it, and they called us, and they said, hey, we're on the same page. We feel like the Lord wants us to adopt from Haiti. We don't know that's going to happen. Now, listen, the earthquake happened, okay? And because of, of, of all of the stuff that they needed to take care of to find children and to find families, they weren't sure who was orphans and who wasn't. Um, they needed to do their diligence to make sure that they brought the kids home who were in homes. Like, adoptions for Haiti was completely cut off. Okay, so we told the blacks. We just said, hey, you know, the adoptions from Haiti is completely cut off right now. And so we don't know that this is ever gonna happen. And they came to us and they said, we feel like this is what the Lord wants us to do. We understand all of that, um, but let's just move forward. And we know that God is gonna provide for us. So long story short, we went through a whole process. They went through, we actually did their home study for them. We went through that and she felt like the Lord, uh, they went down there on a missions trip. I'm getting ahead of myself. She felt like the Lord uh, gave her a name. Um, it, whether it was through just her praying, just through uh, just something she read, but she just felt like this name kept popping up, and it was the name uh, Elijah, short Eli. It was named Eli. And so she was just like, I wonder like, if there's a kid out there that's named Eli, and that's ours or whatever like that. And so she, she went to this, on a mission trip with a bunch of ladies to an orf- to help out some missionaries in Haiti, and while they were there, they went to an orphanage. And when she... She looked at the orphanage before online, and she saw that there was a kid there. There wasn't a picture there, um, but his name was Mark Eli, or E-L-Y, right, E-L-Y, which like for our phonetics thinks it's Ellie, you know what I mean? And so we get, she gets there and goes to the orphanage, and she's just like, oh, I wonder where that is, and it didn't have a picture, right? So she goes to the orphanage with her, her uh, different ladies, and they're going there, they're checking things out. And the director was there, and she was a really nice lady. They're from Ohio. They moved here to start an orphanage so that they could care for the children and get them adopted. So um, so Kelly says, hey, you know, I just I, I looked online, and I saw this guy who was named Mark e- Ellie. Is that Eli or Ellie? And she's like, well, we call him Ellie or whatever. And, and uh, she's like, oh, okay, so maybe that's not him. And, and she said, "But, um, but anyway, so hey, why don't you take us around and let us see the kids and things like that. So they were walking through the orphanage, and they were walking through all the stuff, and all these kids were lined up to wash their hands for lunch. And, um, and so there were all these kids. There were probably 80 kids out there, and there was like five, There were like these five Caucasian women that were just standing there at the orphanage. And, um, and as they're walking up to talk and just tell them about the lunch area and all that kind of stuff, this one kid bolts from all of these children. This one kid bolts and runs right up to her. And, uh, I mean, there's five women, finds Kelly, runs up her, and just grabs onto her. And the director says to her, I'd like you to meet Mark Eli. (laughs) So she loses it and starts crying. She has no idea what's going on. Uh, Long story, there's a long story here, but long story short, she comes home, finds that there's a girl that's from Haiti that's in the church and says that in translation, E-L-Y is Ellie. Ellie. Uh, So she finds out that, I mean, sorry, E-L-Y is Eli. So she finds out that the meaning of the name is the meaning that she felt like the Lord had given her. And so that was his name. And so now, as they were going through the process, Mark Eli had a best friend that was at the orphanage, um, who his name is Fritzner, and so in the process they decided to adopt Fritzner too, and so they have two kids at home that are five and nine, and now they actually just got back from Haiti visiting. Um, this is Fritzner that she's holding. He he um, he's an awesome guy. So we went to Haiti with them, and it was the first time that their sons were going to meet their new brothers, and so we went there and took pictures and took video, and it was an amazing time, and so. Their dossier just got finished, and so what the, the agency is telling them that probably in the next six to eight months that Mark, Eli, and Fritzner are going to come home uh, and be with them forever. And so it's an amazing story, again, of the gospel, and just as they begin to step out in faith of God meeting them and God blessing and God just writing the story of their lives and miracles begin to happen. So if we go to the next one, I want to tell you another story about Matt and Amy. So Matt and Amy, they live um, in, Ana- in the Annapolis area, And they were interested in adoption. And so they talked to us um, just about adoption and what they think they should do. And they felt like they wanted to go the international route. And so one of the things that I did at church, at National Community Church, too, was run the deaf ministry. Shelly and I know sign language. And and so we we did all that kind of stuff at church. And so it just happened where Matt and Amy uh, found um, a girl in India, which is Anandi. This is her. And Anandi happens to be deaf. And so Matt and Amy came to us and talked to us and said, hey, we're thinking about adopting, and we we know that we, we have, we saw this girl, and we feel like maybe this is what the Lord wants us to do, and she's deaf. Um, but what should we do? And so we talked to her just about all the different things, you know, about, about what they could do, what their options were. If they felt like this is what the Lord wanted them to do, we would help them through the process. And so in, the, in two years, the process of two years, Matt and Amy... Went and learned sign in two years. They went through all of the sign language class, signed themselves up, learned sign language. Uh, they just went to India last month and picked Anandi up. And this is uh, this is um, this is Nathan, her her brother. Um, and he, this is he just this is like three days after she got here. And so they're just connecting. She doesn't even have a language yet, and so they've signed her up in school in Columbia at Maryland School for the Deaf. And they're going together. Nathan and her can go because Nathan needs to learn sign too. And so they're teaching her a language. They're teaching her how to sign. Uh, they're teaching her how. They're teaching her English, and so they're going to just again a picture of the gospel. The, they didn't even know Anandi, Anandi didn't even know them. And they took. It was uncomfortable for them to learn a whole nother language. They prepared themselves. They wanted to learn a whole nother language. Their whole family went, and others from the family went with them. And they prepared themselves. They prepared their home to bless Anandi when she got here. And so now all of them learn sign, they're teaching her, they're giving her a language, they're giving her blessings, everything that she needs to survive. And God is blessing them, and miracles are happening uh, just as they're stepping out in faith, um, what God is doing. I think there's another picture of them when they were at their school, which is super cool, of God doing that. And then, um, is there another picture? Is that the last one? Okay, cool. But anyway, it's a picture of what God is doing in the earth, all around us. And why I wanted to share those stories with you is because number one, I want to begin, I want to have you begin just to think in a new rhythm. Like what are some of the things that I'm doing? What are some of the gifts and the talents that God has given me just in my everyday life that I can begin to utilize them to care for orphaned and vulnerable children? And so I want you to pray and just to begin to think of that as you read the word, I pray that God would just begin to illuminate those scriptures that are saying, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to focus on. And number two, I share that with you so you know that you guys are part of this. With just the investment, that, the support that you guys have given us in, in, in finances and through prayer and just thinking about us and telling people, this is stuff that you guys have done which is absolutely amazing. And so we just want to say thank you so much. For what you're doing. We thank you so much for what God, uh, uh, enabling God just to use you here. But it, it hasn't, it, it, it's almost just begun. Can I say that? God wants to use you in such special ways to care for orphans. And so I just want to close with this really short video just to encourage you again about a girl that gra- that is in high school, graduated high school, and something cool that she's doing in Africa. And then I'm going to come back up and just pray and challenge you with something, and then we'll close. Check this out yeah.
3: I want to ask you to come with me on a journey. A journey that started three years ago when I thought I knew what my life would look like and I had no idea. A journey that has shown me more about the Father's heart and his extravagant compassion than I could have ever imagined. A journey that requires me to give more of myself every single day. It's a journey that took me from a 10 month commitment to teach kindergarten in Uganda to a lifetime commitment of bettering and serving this country. I'm Katie Davis, I'm 21 years old and I live here in Uganda. I run Amazima Ministries and my full time occupation is that I'm a mom to 14 little girls. From an early age, people would always ask me, you know, you'd have like career day, what do you want to be when you grow up type thing. And I had always said I wanted to be Mother Teresa just because I, I guess I just loved her heart for children. It is my 16th birthday and I'm eating sushi at my favorite restaurant when I tell my parents that I'd like to explore the possibility of doing mission work out of high school. I graduate high school having made a commitment to teach at a preschool for a year in the middle of nowhere, Uganda. My parents were so not on board, but, you know, it came to a point where it was like, okay, God said, you choose me, or you choose to please your dad, and uh, what's it going to be? And I said, all right, I'm going back. It is January, and I'm looking at a little girl crushed under a brick wall with no one to take care of her and her siblings. I offer to take them home with me until we find a better solution. I'm not really sure what to do with them, but I know that they are God's children. They stay. It is three days later, and the littlest one looks up and she calls me mommy. My heart breaks in two. I have no idea what to do, but something clicks. I'm even more scared than the day that I stepped on that plane, but I know that this is right. Today I have 14. I get a lot of that, like, do you really feel that they're your children? Do you really feel like it's a family? And I say, you come on over for dinner and tell me, Um, because it is. It is our family. People say to me all the time, like, wow, you are so lucky that you found what God wants you to do with your life. And I kind of look at those people and think, like, well, I didn't. I didn't find it it was just it was just in the Bible and so as someone who calls themselves a Christian I mean it's very apparent that you are to love the Lord with all your heart and then you're to love your neighbor as yourself And like myself doesn't want to be starving and so I don't want other people in the world to be starving Jesus does not ask that we care for the less fortunate. He demands it. When calling ourselves Christ followers, caring for orphans and the desolate and the widow are not an option. It's a requirement. I would like to invite you to come with me on this journey that is so far from over and see what God will do next.
1: So this morning you heard that there's about 163 million orphans in the world. And that's a big, large, humongous number that our minds cannot even comprehend. But what if we brought it down this morning? What if, according to you, there was just one orphan in the world? And it was your job to go and get them. And to provide for them. And to love them. And give them a hope and a love that they otherwise wouldn't know about? And so this morning, we pass these number ones out to you. And this is a symbol of the one orphan that we challenge you to focus on in your life. And we pray that you would keep this in your Bible, keep this in your car, um, put it a pin on your shirt, whatever it is that you need to do. But we pray that you would focus on what God would want you to do with this one orphan in your life. And so as James was saying, don't, don't deceive yourselves this morning. And just be listeners of what we had to say. Be listeners of the scriptures. But be doers. And so will you stand with me today? And will you kind of raise up your number one? And we're going to pray for the orphan that God is calling you to reach. And then we're going to we're going to we're going to worship a little bit together and pray together. So Lord, as we God raise up God our number one. God, we just envision the child that needs us. We envision the orphaned and vulnerable children, God, that need us. God, and we pray that you would give us the boldness, the courage, God, to fix our hearts, God, and to plan our lives, to position ourselves, God, physically, financially, spiritually, God, to position ourselves to care for the one, the one that you have designed us and and, and desired us to So God, even as we were adopted, we thank you so much for adopting us into your kingdom and giving us a life and giving us grace that we did not deserve and still do not deserve. But it's freely ours, God. So in the same way, may we be the hands and feet of Christ to do the same for others. Use us this morning, we pray. We need you, God. And now as we sing together, as we worship together, I just want you just to think about the one orphan child he could be in your neighborhood right now. He could be in your in this area, in this state, or he could be in a different country. As we think about the love of God, let's think about the love of God.
0: Come to.